It is 12 o'clock and uh, welcome to the Money Web at Midday show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. My name is Rijk van Nikkerk. Well, the JSC and most international markets are taking a bit of a breather today. That is after Friday's uh, spike. Uh, the JSE rose by 3.25% on Friday, mostly due to NASPANS, which gained nearly 7%. But it seems as if markets, not only in South Africa, are trading slightly down today. On the corporate front, the release of Steinoff's um, unaudited interim numbers on Friday is still attracting some attention. The results are dreadful and it suggests serious accounting irregularities. The operating profit, for example, in a previous interim period was overstated by as much as 1 billion euros. And we'll hear from Graeme Kerner of Kerner International a bit later about his views on these results. The huge group also reported some impressive results today, and I'll speak to David Shapiro of Sassman about those, and as well as the latest market news. But first, um, let's look at some of the leading indicators. The JSC All Share is down three quarters of a percent. The top 40 has, uh, is trading down 1%. Resources um, down 1.9%. Industrials uh, have lost uh, half a percent. Financials down 0.4%. The gold index is, however, up a third of a percent. Let's look at international markets. Uh, the FTSE 100 down 0.8%. The DAX down 0.3%. The CAC 40 also down almost 0.8%. Earlier in Southeast Asia, the Nikkei lost uh, 2.2%. The Shanghai index also lost 2.5%. Hang Seng is closed for a public holiday. Let's look at some uh, shares that are making headlines uh, that are actually performing today. Um, we see RCL is, uh, has gained 5.6%. Implats has gained 4.2%. Um, African Rainbow Minerals up 3.5%. Stein of Retail also gained 2.7%. Um, Capitec up 2% as well as Truworths up 2.5%. On the downside, Glencore has lost 2.8%. Billiton down 25 Raynet down 2.4, as does uh, Growthpoint trading down 2.4%. Anglos uh, down 2.3, and Mediclinic and Goldfields uh, around 1.7%. Let's uh, look at the uh, the currencies. The US dollar is uh, the rand is currently trading at 13 rand 18 against the US dollar, 18.15 against the pound. And uh, one euro will cost 16 rand and seven cents. Bitcoin is currently trading at $6,317, and uh, that is 89,702 uh, rand. Um, it's a bit of a spike following last week's uh, small downward correction. But uh, Steinoff remains uh, the big news. Uh, it published unaudited interim results on Friday. And this was the first set of numbers since the company collapsed in December last year. Earlier this morning on the Classic Business Breakfast, Nastasia Orenza spoke to Graham Kerner of Kerner International about the numbers. Uh, and she asked him what was the good, the bad and the ugly he saw there. I think um, when you say the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, there wasn't a hell of a lot of good, although maybe let's start with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think Australasia, interestingly, although they, they obviously impaired it, um, that looked, looked a lot better. But... Uh, Pepco in Europe really did very, very nicely. I think more recently maybe conditions have tightened a little bit, but I think the, 
if it doubles up 40% there. And even star, of course, you must remember, Nastasha, not mm-hmm. only is there a whole lot of complexity and noise and, you know, lack of audited financials for, for September last year, but, you know, there's lots in terms of, of currency moves and also the operating environment. You know, quite a few of the, the operating companies who relied on funding from head office had that funding effectively. You know, those funding taps closed. So it, it, it's very difficult to sort of almost find the real story. But I think mm. the, the, the gist of it for me, as we've always said, there were or still are very good businesses inside there. If you look at some of the star assets at, at Pepco, Eastern Europe, for example. So that, that I think, was, was the, the good. In terms of, of the bad, I think um, Conferama was, was, I think, very disappointing. But, of course, Mattress Firm, which is itself in the process of, of you know, restructuring, because it's got, I think, 1,300 stores, and it's busy repositioning that themselves. Mattress Firm had acquired a business shortly before Steinhoff bought them. So a lot of capital and funding needed to sort of reposition those businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, that caused a, a, a lot of pain. So that operational result, I think, was very, very disappointing. Um, yeah, and then just generally, the I think the the really ugly part was was I suppose the 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 extent of the value destruction for equity shareholders, which we we kind of expected. But uh, yeah, you know, when when you see your your net asset value or your your, your equity holders value decline from 5.2 billion euros to yeah. 2.4, it it sort of tells the the, the real story. So one of the MoneyWeb journalists, uh, Patrick Hans, he's written uh, an article where I think he's used the time over the weekend to plow through the numbers more in-depthly because I think on Friday afternoon we were all just rushing to get through at least the basics to get a bit of a quick analysis. But here's something that he found. So if you looked at the interim numbers from last year, the six months to March 31st last year, and you read the comment that at the time Marcus Eusta said uh, when he hailed the group, performance and I'm going to quote it to you he says the solid revenue and margin performance underscores the resilient model of the group this has been further underpinned by both our product and geographical diversification in what remains a resilient discount market the strong leadership and execution from our operationally focused management teams also continues to deliver good growth close quote when I read this I I found it quite funny because you they basically overstated their operating profit for the period by 16.1 billion rand and when you look back at what has been happening and what is you know what we've discovered thus far and there's probably even more to discover uh if the pwc report is released at the end of the year it's just it's remarkable what he's described last year and what's currently happened yeah it's almost like he was writing a novel and the rest of us thought we were reading (laughs) reading a you know a factual book it, it i mean that's really the the, the key thing here Anastasia. and i mean when you you know so when you look at it on paper there's there's 58 euro cents of nav here mm. okay the reality though is that we don't have audited financials for last year um it's going to take us let's say another six months before pwc can actually produce anything coherent there are, I think, which is quite encouraging, they are going to be investigating, uh, you know, laying charges and trying to recover money where they feel, you know, the group overpaid for assets. But, mm. you know, if, 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 if the fair value of, of mattress firm was, I don't know, $500 million, a billion dollars, and you paid three, yeah. 3.8, well, you know what, good luck in trying to recover that, I think. But 
I think for, for, for me, the, the, the big issue is exactly what you're talking about. We still have Graham Kerner from Kerner Perspective uh, talking to us about the Steinoff numbers that came out on Friday. Graham, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but you were making the, you know, the point over the revelation between you know, what Marx Euster was stating on paper and what we actually saw. Yeah, so I think the point that I was trying to make, and this is why one has to take that 58 euro cent energy with a pinch of salt because in this half year forget the statement of, of last year um, there's a loss of, of call it 600 million euros if that were repeated for the the next six months and I think it's it remains a challenging environment and uh, and, and, and what, let's assume that's right suddenly that 2.4 billion euros which is 58 euros goes to four and if there are further impairments let's say on a mattress firm where I think the the, the, the carrying goodwill is still a billion dollar uh, billion euros mm-hmm. you know the, you can see this little bit of NAV that is there evaporate but exactly to your point I mean I, I, I did the calculation shortly after the results came out on Friday and between what was reported and what has now been restated is about a billion euros um, of, of operating performance so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just it, it, it's just so amazing um, that somebody could could engineer um, this level of, of fraud because when I say somebody clearly there must have been more than one person involved yeah but how how this was allowed to happen um, you know is is, is really uh, it's a mystery and I think we've all said it's going to go down as a case study of how, how you know how to prevent a, a corporate disaster but you know I still say and I'm not pointing fingers only mm. at the the auditors but you know the auditors the audit committee uh, the ratings agency you sort of say how did we all allow this to happen this didn't happen overnight and uh, a lot of people would say well you know people like us should have known better and maybe that is right but at the same time you know when we pick up a set of financial statements we assume them to be reasonably accurate we always say that financial statements are, are slightly wrong because yeah. of a couple of timing differences and a few technicalities but not to the tune of you know restated 362 uh, million euro loss versus a, a significant profit and of course these asset write downs are are amazing so mm. i think that the key question for us now Anastasia, is is it's a question of solvency yeah. if you look at, at that very very thin equity layer that remains remembering that these businesses have to continue operating. Um, and, and I think that's the key thing, and I think Heather Son and her team are doing the very best they can to try and negotiate with creditors and, and, uh, and shareholders to, to try and keep the taps open so that businesses like Mattress Firm can, can be sort of massaged or nursed to a position where some semblance of fair value is, is extracted. But I think when we, if we have to be honest, the days of easy sales selling PSG, selling a block of star, you know, selling cups, those things are probably gone. Selling the Gulfstream jet, which $6 million was lost on, by the way. Those things have happened. Now it becomes a lot more difficult and trying to negotiate with, um, with big buyers for effectively, let's call them trade buyers or private equity buyers who've now got to write out checks for a billion dollars or a mm. billion euros for a business in mattress firm which is actually losing money. So Unfortunately, um, the script is, is not ending well. And even if we did have a, a, a massage solution which, which saw the group in a, in a much diminished form but still solvent and liquid, my guess is we're going to need a massive capital raise. Um, and, you know, you're going to be so diluted that that 58 euro cent, even if it theoretically was there, is going to be so diluted, as will be the earnings, that it's just, it's, an, it, it, it's a, it's a, 
it, it's so sad. I just cannot um, express how how disappointing this whole thing was yeah. because the whole system, unfortunately, uh, failed us. That was Nastasha Orenser in discussion with Graham Kerner of Kerner International. David Shapiro of Sasfin is on the line. David, welcome to the show. Uh, we've heard some uh, fantastic revelations, some very negative, actually, revelations regarding Steinoff. What, are, what do you make of the numbers? Well, you know, do we really care anymore? I mean, to be honest, we're spending so much time trying to extract uh, a, a little value out of something that, I, in my mind, was uh, staring us in the face. Um, you know, when we look in history, um, so many signs were there that things were going wrong and we tended to ignore it. And the investment community itself, I think, uh, was blinded by, um, you know, really blinded by, I don't want to say the media, but, but uh, blinded by his charm, by Eustace's charm, by um, what they wanted to be a successful company. And that's gone. You know, I don't think we're going to extract anything um, out of this at all. Rakets really is a sad story. And uh, I think a lot of professionals that include the investment community itself, I think, um, need to have a look at the way that they analyze companies and the way they understand companies. Yeah, I think this one did fall through the cracks. It's most definitely the the biggest corporate scandal uh, we'll see in many years. But let's look mm. at the markets. We saw on Friday one of the best trading days of the year probably. <laughs> and, yeah. and so we're taking a bit of a breather today. No, well, we're just reversing what we did on Friday, you know, and and, and as I say, uh, our community is uh, so transparent, you know, Friday was the end of the half year, time to push up the prices so that you can get some kind of a decent, you know, uh, yield return, as well as uh, your performance fees are paid on it. So, um, it, it, it amused me because the volumes are very low, and yet the market managed to move these incredible amounts higher, and we're reversing what was, uh, you know, what shouldn't have taken place on Friday. Friday. I think we're just getting a realistic taste of, of where we should really be. Rake, it's, um, it's, it's the first half was a very difficult half of the year. Um, it was supported by a lot of resource shares. We had uh, Anglos and Billitons and uh, Blencores and those kind of shares that actually gave us the support as well as some of the um, uh, uh, Rand headstocks. Take that away, uh, very disappointing performance of local companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back now with worries about where China's going to be. You know, we see a slowdown in China and what that's going to have, the impact that that's going to have on, on resource prices, even though uh, analysts Ray, are, are, are fairly optimistic on, on resource prices, but uh, markets saying maybe it's not going to be that good on the second half of the year. Yeah, this trade war and the, the possible mm. remic- um, ramifications thereof are, are quite serious and... Uh, it mm. seems like the U.S. president, who is the, probably the mightiest man on earth, is so unpredictable, nobody knows where, he, where this will go. From one day to the next. Uh, Wednesday mm. is uh, Independence Day, so America closes down. I think you would probably find the rest of the week also closing down. And on the 6th, which is, I think, Friday, is uh, that's the day that, that these... Um, or promulgated all these tax increases. So I think everyone was praying that something would happen in the interim, but it doesn't look like it. 
so from, from China's point of view, they're beginning to mark in uh, or discount uh, what it's going to be for exports. And uh, we've seen quite a few downgrades. And that's playing through to the rest of the emerging markets and to, you know, to, uh, to, to other markets. Um, and that's why you know, we're down. I just heard some numbers on, on iron ore prices, believing that if there is a slowdown in China, iron ore could fall back to 50. And this comes from the Australian trade. I don't know whether it's a trade commissioner or uh, you know, uh, the people in Australia who really forecast where that economy is going. They see a much lower iron ore price. And yet the iron ore price, they said it before, right? Incidentally, they said that uh, iron ore would come down to the 40s and it's held up in the 60s. But uh, I think they're just playing cautious. But yeah. if that is the case, we could find this, our market, you know, if commodity prices don't hold up, we could find our market also coming under quite considerable strain in the second half. Not a lot of corporate news out. Uh, Telecoms mm-hmm. Group, a uh, huge group, uh, reported results. Pretty impressive. Uh, revenue up 63%, but there was a bit of an acquisition in there. Oper- operating profit up 170% uh, to 113 million rand. HEPs up 46%. Uh, I think in the current market, and especially a South African-focused business, these, these are not, not too shabby. Yeah. I I know <laughs> I, I don't re- You remember huge has changed its shape quite a few times. Um um, I, I, I don't really follow it that closely, and yet uh, it's not a bad. It's it, it you know it's not a that small. It's a one and a half billion rand company, and that. But um, I still have yet to go through these kind of results. Um, we'll see. Duarte de Silva, remember he used to be in Macquarie. I think is involved there, and um, I'm, you know he's got he's got great ambition. He was a great he was a great analyst in in his day before he joined yeah. Macquarie. He was a very good analyst in that area, one of the top rated IT analysts. So you've got some good brains behind the business, but I'm afraid I haven't. Uh, I haven't had too close a look at the business. Yeah, the share price is down half a percent uh, on <laughs> thin volumes. Uh, but, inter- <laughs> but an interesting interesting company. Thank you, David. Uh-huh. That was David Shapiro from Sasfin. And unfortunately, this is uh, all we have time for. The show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saika.co.za. And that's it for this edition of the Money Web Pep Meadow Show. We'll be uh, back tomorrow at 12. 